The music you just heard was by Ella Fitzgerald, and she's singing the song Blue Skies. Why is the name of my uh, podcast and blog Blue Skies and Green Pastures? Um, just because I like to have a positive attitude and a hopeful outlook on life, even when things are looking a little uh, less than blue skies and green pastures. So I hope that you will uh, learn something and be inspired or at least be encouraged and find hope even in the storm because God is with us. Today we're going to talk about how to have a better sex life. And that is something that it is important to all people. Why? Because basically sex makes people, makes people. <laughs> um, and it also makes people happy. So I'm just going to um, go ahead and jump right in. But before I do, I just want to say thank you um, for listening and sorry for the delay for this podcast, but I was on vacation. So if you want to see the beautiful photos from my vacation to Moab, Utah, I urge you to go to my blog, blueskiesandgreenpastures.com. And there's two posts on there um, with lots of pictures I think you will really enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So a guide to a better sex life, not just any guide, but a biblical guide. What? Does the Bible talk about sex? Isn't sex bad? No, sex is a gift. And yes, sex came from God. So the Bible talks about sex. And some of it is things that you shouldn't do, which there's a reason that there are so many rules of what you should not do. And that's because when man fell, when Eve was deceived by Satan, and they were kicked out of the perfect Garden of Eden, the sexual desire was, um, it was corrupted. So God had to tell people what they should and shouldn't do because of Satan, who was telling them to do all, you know, and because of their fleshly desires, they were no longer living the way they were created to live. And the same goes for us. From a very young age, our sexual urges can be corrupted by other people and by our own minds. And, you know, so we needed guidelines. So in the Old Testament, God provided many rules such as don't have sex with your mother. Don't have sex with your, your, you know, sister. Don't have sex with animals. Don't have sex with men if you're a man. Don't have sex with women if you're a woman. All of these are in the Old Testament. And that was because back then, 
sexual immorality was so rampant that and God was God had chosen his people the Israelites to be holy so he had to tell them stop living like those pagans who are having all this immoral sex and most of them were doing it uh, not just because they wanted to but as part of their religion so not not too many people do that today I mean I know there's still pagans out there and they're having sexual rituals but your average average person isn't but they may not realize you know that they still need to be on guard against the devil's tricks so but that's the bad side what's the good side the good side is that god says that sex is good within a marriage in fact it's like it's basically the motivation for most men to get married is so they can have a wife that they can have sex with and they can also love her and and you know all the stuff that goes with marriage but let's face it a lot of young men pretty much want to get married just so they can have someone to have sex with <laughs> and thankfully uh, usually love goes along with that as it should but in those days um as in nowadays Sex doesn't always come naturally. Good sex, that is. So the Bible did include some information to help us have a better sex life. And some people believe that the book, the Song of Solomon, is all about sex. Other people believe that it's more spiritual. And, you know, you could you can read it and you can make up your own mind. But that, some of the verses in there can be um, seen as like um, figurative language for a couple, you know, making love. And if you read it that way, you can see that it was a beautiful, intimate, and enjoyable time between the, the two lovers. And that's what sex is supposed to be. It's, it's supposed to be enjoyable. It's supposed to be, um, you know, free and not guilty or anything like that. And it's only, you know, I, I don't know that I didn't look up the history, but I know the Victorian era supposedly was a very like uptight sexually area era, era of history. But I think there's still people, a lot of people out there now that have trouble, you know, they don't like their bodies, they don't feel comfortable with their appearance or their the way they're the way they look naked. And I think a lot of that is because of marketing and we have just been the victim of of you know too many advertisements that tell us that we need to you know, do this and that so we can be more sexually attractive. But really, I mean, yes, there is some, there's something to that. But even people who look, who look reasonably good can buy into that anxiety about their bodies and they really don't need to. Because if you're making love with a person that you love, 
they're not they're not standing there with a checklist to make sure that you have done all those things, you know, to make yourself look perfect. And if they are, then they have a problem, not you. So let's just go down the list here that I made for my blog, blueskiesandgreenpastures.com, and let's see what we can do to make your sex life better. And if, you know, maybe you're already doing all these, and if so, then carry on. <clears throat> Number one, become a Christian. What? Yes. Research shows that Christians have more and better sex lives than non-Christians. It's a myth that Christians have boring sex lives. Sex is a gift from God, and people who are married are more likely to feel, um, well, there's lots of reasons, but number one is if you're married, you're together more often, so you're more likely to sleep in the same bed, but also you're more likely to get to know that person very well and become more comfortable with them, and that is, you know, a perfect reason to limit your sex to your marriage partner and to be a Christian because Christians are more likely to have love and love is essential for a good sex life. If you if you don't care about the person, you shouldn't be trying to have sex with them. Number two, love your wife or husband according to God's way. Well, what is that? Ephesians 5, 22 through 33 teaches us that wives should submit to their husbands, which means they should respect him and his God-given authority in their marriage. It also teaches in that same passage that men should love their wives as Christ loves the church, which means as much as they love their own bodies. What was he saying? He was saying that in a marriage, each person has a proper role that is both, it's good. Neither one is better than the other. It's just different. And this, there's a lot of uh, arguing over that idea. But what I'm saying is if you follow that biblical role, you will have better sex because you will have peace in your home. If um, each person is in the proper role of authority, that means God is at the top. He's God makes the final decisions on everything. And then the man is to submit to God's authority. And then the wife, if there is something that they don't agree on, then the wife is to let the husband make that decision. And that I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about the just life in general. Now, but that will carry over into sex because if, if the wife is always um, bucking the man's authority, um, he's not going to feel res- respected. And the wife is going to feel frustrated because she's trying to take his role. So 
if you have that kind of a relationship, it's it's going to mess up your sex life. So I I urge you to consider evaluating your um the power structure in your home. Now, I I do want to add that, you know, today I mean, in most situations, the husband and the wife should be in agreement and God is over both of them. And that's in a Christian marriage. There shouldn't be a lot of fighting. So if you're if you're having a lot of marital problems, you need to deal with that because that's going to mess up your sex life. Number three, take care of your health, which includes your body, your mind and your spirit. Sex involves all of those. Older people and some young ones sometimes let themselves go. They don't get enough exercise. They don't eat healthy. They drink alcohol. They don't get enough sleep. Maybe they work too much. Maybe they're smoking or taking drugs. Or maybe they are um, worrying all the time. <clears throat> And a lot of pro- today's modern plague is sitting and scrolling the internet. None of those things are good for your body or your mind. So if you take care of your body, you will also feel better about sex. And also, um, just a note, especially to men, but some women need to hear this too, take care of your hygiene. Don't expect your partner to be um, attracted to a stinky, slobby person. Um, You know, wear clean clothes, comb your hair, use deodorant, brush your teeth, all those things. Um, You know, you just think that people would learn that growing up with their families, but some people don't. So I'm telling you now... You need to make sure that you don't smell bad. And, you know, if you smell nice and fresh, most people like to take a shower or bath prior to sex. But even if you don't do that immediately at before sex, make sure you don't stink. And, you know, if you happen to have any kind of uh, health issues in your genital areas, see a doctor about that because that'll definitely not be good for the bedroom. So, number four, stay faithful in every aspect of that word. Faithful. Do not cheat on your spouse. That means don't look at porn. Don't go to internet chat rooms or apps and chat with with other people. Um, Don't have texting relationships, don't develop very close attachments to people of the opposite sex, do not talk bad about your spouse, because all of these things will drive an emotional wedge between you and your partner. And even if they don't know that you're doing all those things, that you're, you're going to know And it's going to create a block in your mind. And you're not going to be able to have a fully trusting sexual relationship. Number five, remember why you married your spouse. 
remember the good things about them and 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 try to keep the fire burning take time for romance and and dating even long after the honeymoon is over schedule time to have fun with your spouse not just sex build the relationship talking and and doing things together buy them flowers bake them a cake a happy marriage is is a definite um, precursor to a good sex life. Okay, number six. Beware the temptations and traps of the devil that come in the form of seductive women or men. And this one is different from the other one that I mentioned because this is these are actual uh, attacks that the devil will send. So from the beginning, sexual sin has been one of the most destructive sins. And the, the devil knows that the sexual urge is strong. And even though it is created by God, it can be used against us. So you, in, in a world, the world we live in, you will have to be proactive to protect your mind and your eyes and your thoughts from thinking about other people besides your spouse. A pure marriage is a place where both partners can feel free to trust and be intimate together. Uh, number seven, be a good person. Yes, your character matters. In the, because if you're an honest, trustworthy, kind, considerate, thoughtful, generous, patient, loving, and sensitive person who, who, who your partner um, can fully trust, then they will definitely um, be more likely to want to get naked and be vulnerable with you in the bedroom. This is very important. Most of us don't want to have sex when, with someone that we are resentful towards or angry at. So we have to be careful. Don't ignore, mistreat, lie to, or take for granted the person that you should be loving. Okay, number eight. Make sex a priority in your marriage. This may not be a problem for everyone, but I often hear stories of marriages where people have not had sex for years. And I just think that's so sad. I mean, that that's not how it's supposed to be. The Bible says don't deprive each other. Um, so if you have some problems in your marriage or health that are blocking you from, from wanting to have sex, Please see your doctor or a counselor. Um, as I mentioned above, poor health, such as high blood pressure, being overweight, diabetes, hormone imbalances, and depression can affect your sex life, mostly because of the side effects from medications that many people take. So the, the cure for most of that is proper exercise and diet. And you will be amazed that if you start, if you get healthy, 
that your sexual desire will improve. So even if, you know, if you can't get it back 100%, keep trying and try to get off some of those medications if, if possible. Or ask for a different one that maybe has less side effects. Or um, try some supplements and see, for example, if you have just mild high blood pressure, losing weight and, and giving up junk food and taking a daily magnesium pill and drinking more water can lower your blood pressure. So you may not even need that medication. But consult your doctor and use a blood pressure monitor, you know, if you're going to attempt that. And like I said, you have to lose the weight first. You can't just quit taking it. Okay, uh, and as for depression, exercise is really good for that as well. And if you have hormone imbalances, um, working on that it can also help with the depression. So... Also, as far as uh, making it a priority, if you are too busy for sex, you need to cut back on some of your activities. So you can, and you should actually plan to have sex. It's a, it's important. It will improve your your relationship. Number nine, don't be afraid to have fun. Sex should not be a uh, chore. So get creative and try new things. If you've been married for a long time, you know, it can become routine. Or if you're newly married and you're just a little uh, nervous, you know, just um, talk about it with your partner. And, and you know, that's, that's the fun part of being married is, is getting to know each other and talking about... Um, what you like and so you know just some people are taught things that are just not true such as that sex is dirty or sinful or that women should not enjoy sex or that sex is only for making babies or whatever and that's just not true the bible doesn't say any of that so enjoy the person that God has given you. Um, so what are some ways? Well, it's okay to, to wear sexy clothing or shoes or, you know, um, to just, um, have sex in different places in your house or, you know, you don't, it doesn't always have to be in the bed or in the bedroom. You can have sex in your hot tub or you can go camping and have sex in a tent or, you know, let your guard down about it and just see what happens. Be, be playful with your partner. And of course, all, all that is going to require that you trust them and that they trust you. So um, talk about it if you are having trouble with that. If you're if you're having all these hang-ups and you don't know why, then see a counselor. Uh, number 10, if this help, if, if these ideas are not enough, then, then buy a book. Buy a, a Christian book that talks about marriage and sex. There's lots of them out there. 
You can order it online if you're embarrassed, but you know what? You don't need to be embarrassed. Sex is not a bad thing. So just be careful that you don't um, read books that encourage immoral sexual behavior. And there's a lot of those out there too. And stay away from people who, I hate to even mention this, but there seems to be a very big trend of people that are having sex with other couples. And I'll tell you right now, that's, that is sinful. So stay away from that. Um, okay, so that's the top 10 tips. But here's a bonus tip. Uh, make your bedroom a special place. Make it nice and look pretty. You know, keep it clean. Have nice sheets and pillows. If you know you're going to have sex that night, wash the sheets so they'll be nice and cool. Uh, wash your comforter, your blanket. Have comfortable pillows. Make the room smell nice with a candle or essential oils or even just air freshener spray. A little perfume on the pillow or something. Um, have nice lighting. Even if you're going to turn it off, you know, which you don't have to, you can leave the lights on. Have some music available. If you have a TV in your room, you could stream music from a channel like Spotify or Pandora or iHeartRadio. Um... You know, avoid making your 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 TV time and your computer time be in your bedroom. And that is actually important for good sleep habits too. They say that you should not do all that stuff in your bed. Just make your bed for sleeping and making love and use your living room or some other room for other activities. Um, so, you know, a lot of couples enjoy going to a hotel. Make your bedroom look like a nice hotel room. And, you know, keep it, keep it uncluttered. Don't use it as a storage room. But, okay, what about young parents? If, if your child sleeps in the bed with you, I understand because I went through many years of that myself, of having a baby in the bed at night or, you know, toddlers coming in in the morning. So, you know, I you have my sympathy, but I urge you, don't stop having sex just because you have children. Your husband needs you too. So... You're going to have to get a babysitter or, you know, squeeze in some time, even if you're tired during the child's nap or in the middle of the night or whatever you got to do, sneak off into another room or something. But I'm telling you now that sex matters, especially to men, and if you you know, you get married and then you have a baby and you quit having sex, that's not good for the marriage. So try to try to find a way to make it happen. It's good for both of you. 
And if you're, I know when I had little children, I was exhausted. So find every way you can to rest as much as you can. And that's not, you know, that's not uh, something that society encourages. They don't, they don't uh, recognize these needs. Why? Because the world is all about getting every ounce of money and work out of people. They don't, the world, when I say the world, I'm talking about the world economic system. It doesn't care about your marriage. It doesn't care about your health. It doesn't care about your um, sex life. So you're going to have to fight for it and, and protect your protect your marriage by scheduling it in and making it happen. And if that means you have to um, work less or um, spend less money or quit going to so many clubs you know, quit doing so much volunteer work or whatever, then so be it. Your first responsibility is to your marriage. Everything else is second. Because if you if you neglect your marriage, it's gonna die. It's like a plant. It needs tending. It needs watering. It needs weeding. So pull those weeds that are that are causing trouble and take care of your marriage and then you will have a better sex life so um, I didn't really want to go into a lot of specifics but you know there's plenty of information out there if you if you if you're brand new and you don't even know how to have sex or whatever then that's beyond the scope of this podcast so Get you a marriage book and read it. There's some good ones. So, I hope this was helpful. And I hope you have a great day. And I hope you know Jesus as your Savior. And let's all pray for repentance and renewal in our country and our world and for the plague of COVID to be banished. Take care now. Bye.